curious. Okay. Since this is the hot topic of the past four days, how how are you going to reveal your gender? Ooh. Well, I think I've already answered this, um, but I'm I'm just really? gonna cease to exist. That's good. Thank you. That's the most positive way. I I think I'm going to do it by starting my own OnlyFans. Okay. So then people pay me to share my gender. Okay. I like that that you're you yes. have a subscription. A subscription based gender. Yeah. That is good. Yes. That'll work. Thank you. That'll work quite Thank well you. for you, I think. Um, no, I I feel like there's there's only so many disasters that we can do before we sort of realize that this isn't <laughs> the maybe the way. All the good ones are taken. I know, yeah. Um, uh, I was going to do an explosion that turned into a wildfire. Taken. Mm-hmm. So I think that what I'm going to do is I'm going to have mm. um, the, my gender, I'm going to put... Uh, my gender slip whatever the doctor gives you in a locked room and on the outside of the room Ooh. i'm gonna Ooh. have two guards and one of them an only tells room. the truth and the other one oh. only lies that's really good <laughs> that'll be in math te- textbooks yeah everywhere mm-hmm. i'm gonna get 30 to 50 wild hogs okay good and so far i'm gonna get a gun uh-huh Half of them, half of the wild hogs are going to be the girl gender. Mm -hmm. The other half will be the boy gender. And Mm -hmm. I'm just going to blindly shoot into (laughs) the pack of wild hogs. (laughs) And the last one standing will be my gender. Okay. I do like that, too. Yeah. I think all of these are great ideas. It's, it's, you know, it's it's a performance sport. It is. Spores entertainment, baby. So uh, your your gender and your gender's father are are in a horrible car accident, oh, and then yes, they're taken yes. to the hospital, and the doctor says, "I can't operate on this. It's my gender." <laughs> it's my. <laughs> How is this possible? Plot twist: the doctor is you. Mm-hmm. And you know what? These are all harmless. They don't do yeah. destruction. So. Yeah. I mean, I think most of them have actually been pretty destructive. (laughs) (laughs) The the feral hogs, all things considered. I get why people have so much trouble with this. It's really not hard. Yeah. Anyway, or you could just do a fucking cake. Yeah. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But the oh my god, it's like (laughs) it's a cake. But like Twitter a couple weeks ago, when everything (laughs) was cake. It's the slip that has your gender written on it, oh. and you cut into it <laughs> to reveal the color, the boy color or the girl color. No, it's you. that's written on there, but it looks like it's just the slip. What if... Okay, so I, I think what we need to do is we need to start putting the gender up front. Up front, yes. And that's then good. the reveal is something else. It's a, it's a gender and reveal. Yes. Gender comma reveal. Mm-hmm. Ooh. 
you come up, you have this slip, and you're like, here's my gender. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, oh my god, it's amazing. And then you take a knife and you cut into it, and you're like, haha, the reveal is that I'm actually a baker. Mm-hmm. Yes. Love that. So anyway, this is me cute. Mm-hmm. Show where we talk about all the places that art and science intersect. I'm Lauren, and I'm very excited to hear what kind of bullshit comes out of my mouth this week. Oh, sure. Um, I'm Lee, and I'm also excited for that. Cool. We've been We're busy. We're talking about crosswords, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I did have that moment. I we always have a do. Better, we have a better system now. Yes. Thank you. Um, do you think we need to introduce what crossword puzzles are? Because I didn't I mean, write anything we, down for this. I didn't either, but we may as well. Um, crossword puzzle, puzz, crossword puzzles. If you haven't encountered them, we're off to a great start <laughs> so far. Um, crossword puzzles are a genre of puzzle uh, that appears a lot of the time in newspapers. You can get them in books. Uh, where it's just sort of a series of blocks uh, and you have clues for what letters are going to go in the blocks and you fill them in with words and they intersect and it sort of makes it easier to solve it. That's uh, not a great definition, but that's just sort of what the guys are. That was great. Thank I you. I agree with everything that you said. Well, okay. They can be very fun or very challenging. Mm-hmm. In sure. a lot of different ways, as I will In discuss. a lot of different ways. Oh, oh mm. I'm excited. Mm. I'll go first then. We'll leave cool. the prestige up to you. <laughs> the prestige. <laughs> I'll take the pledge and the turn. Okay. So, since almost the beginning of computer use for recreation, software has been written to create crossword puzzles. The first having appeared around 1976, which is like way earlier than I would have predicted. Yeah, uh, computer based. That's earlier than Game I would have. That's earlier than I would have said that computers were used for recreation. For recreation, <laughs> I know, I know. I don't, I don't. Maybe the first one was used for like just to test logic puzzles for computers, right? Um, but I'm not sure. Yeah. So basically, early versions until about the 90s required users to input both clues and answers in order for them to create their own puzzle. Like, some of the games came with preloaded puzzles that you could solve, but I think a lot of the draw was like, I'm going to create my own puzzle. How cool is this? And this creates what's known in the computer science world as a search problem. Uh-oh. I know. Which isn't really, like, a problem. It's just like a... It's not something that's unsolvable. Which I had thought at first that it was something that was unsolvable because it's a problem. Mm-hmm. But it's not like a problem problem. It's like a a theory, a method of solving okay. these types of puzzles. Sure. So a set of clues and answers could contain one puzzle solution, multiple puzzle solutions, or no puzzle solutions. And the computer doesn't know which one it is when it goes into trying to solve this. So... These types of search problems are defined by a set of states. This is math talk. We're getting into math talk. Yeah, go for it. A set of states, which are the answers, more specifically probably the letters in the answers. A start state, which is the clues kind of not connected to each other. A goal state or test, which is the finished puzzle. And something called a successor function, which I wasn't quite sure what that meant. Um, The description on Wikipedia said a mapping from a set of states to a set of new states. So I think that's kind of how the computer 
goes from one answer being placed in the puzzle to the next and how those are connected with like knowing that there's an A in one word and an A in another and that you can cross them. Mm-hmm. So to solve these puzzles, the computer literally has to search through every possible combination or formulation of the algorithm to determine what the answer is or report that there is no possible solution. Because there isn't an algorithm already written, you know, to place the things in specific um, boxes, it's basically going through and writing its own algorithm of how to solve it. Not as, like, machine learning. Right, I guess not right. as heavily technical like that, but... Nowadays, computers have access to huge databases that they can pull clues from uh, to create the puzzles. They almost always just pull a clue that will fit into the puzzle to complete it. And users can also, like, set themes or other criteria for the computer to work around when creating a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, there was a New York Times crossword puzzle mm. where every clue had an extra, like, W in it. Not every clue. There's a bunch of clues that had an extra W in it. Yeah. It was so annoying because they you think that you're that. filling out the the puzzle wrong, but it wasn't wrong. It's was just mm-hmm. it was just weird. They loved that. So you could set something like that. They love that. They love that. Absolutely love it. Um, I did also learn crossword magic for the Apple II was a very popular game in the 80s. And I was lucky enough to find a PDF of the user manual online. Nice. Couldn't couldn't find any like videos of it being played or anything, probably because mm. it's lost to time. But RIPC. I think you could buy it on eBay actually. Hmm. Anyway, so to create a puzzle in Crossword Magic for the Apple II, mm-hmm. you enter the game's I guess if you classify it as a game puzzle creator mode. You have to specify the number of rows and columns you want in your puzzle. So if you create a puzzle in this way by specifying the number of columns and rows, you can't enter an answer longer than the longest dimension of the puzzle. Right. Makes sense. Yes. Um, if you choose to go with adjustable sizing, which is another feature that it had, mm. the computer will place the answers in the puzzle for you. But in either case, you can't have a word that's more than 20 characters. That was the limit. Okay. With your puzzle set up, you're ready to input your words. So you type in your first word and it places it into the puzzle. Then for each word after that, it checks to see if it fits in the puzzle. And if it doesn't, a little buzzer goes off and it says, this doesn't fit right now. Uh, and the word goes into an unused word bank. Okay. So later on, if the words in the unused word bank do end up being able to fit, you can like highlight them and press enter and it'll input them into the puzzle. Mm-hmm. So this is obviously a super tedious process to go through if you're trying to create like a real and challenging crossword right um you basically have to draw it out beforehand to make sure that it works because it'll save you so much more time in the long run yeah i was just Um, i was like what is the actual like you have to like draw it on like with a pen and paper first like there's no way that this is just like the first time you're doing this puzzle yeah i can see the appeal though if you're like making a custom crossword as a promposal or some dumb like that a thing in the 80s yeah Yes, promposals, you know, famous mm-hmm. in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is really cool to see how computer God, that'd be the worst. I'm sorry, that'd be the worst f***ing promposal. <laughs> Here's a crossword. <laughs> I gave you a puzzle to solve. Mm-hmm. Here's work for you to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> you go to prom with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. But anyway, 
it's really cool to see how computer technology is aided in creating something like seemingly as simple as crosswords, but also how it's evolved into yeah. basically just we have this huge bank of words that we know and you can just bloop, 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 pick and choose and put them in. Yeah. So I'd like to end my time mm-hmm. by recanting some wise words from the introduction to the crossword magic for the Apple II user manual. Please. Crossword puzzles have long been one of the world's most popular pastimes. They entertain, amuse, challenge, and stimulate. And each one is different from the next. Indeed, crossword puzzles cross the boundary from pastime to passion. (laughs) Not only can you work crossword puzzles, you can create and play them at home with your computer. Crossword magic makes it simple. Just provide the words and clues. Crossword magic does just the rest. Do, just do all the work and we'll just make it a computer version. <laughs> that you can print out. <laughs> you can make a puzzle, edit the words and clues, and then store it on a disc for play later or print it out on a paper. Mm. Make study tools, a party game, or a clever greeting card. Or just enjoy challenging yourself or others with crossword puzzles. Crossword magic is as practical or whimsical as you want it to be. Only your imagination limits you. The puzzle words are yours. The rest is crossword magic. Wow. I appreciate that. Yes. So I'm going to talk about some stuff. Yes. Um, crosswords, as we know them today, were first yes. created in the early 1900s by a guy named Arthur Wynne while he was working for the newspaper The New York World. Uh, so they're really not that old. Like in sort of the grand scheme of things. Uh, And for the most part, they still look very similar to the first ones that he designed. Uh, His numbering system is the only thing that didn't really stick around. And honestly, like, good. It's really bad to look at. He numbered the first and last box of each clue instead of just the first box, which was most likely, like, useful at that point to a population that had never seen a crossword puzzle before, just from, like, a literacy and comprehensive perspective. Um, But, like, it's really confusing to look at, and we're better off without it now that Mm. we all know how to read crossword puzzles for the most (laughs) part, I think. And one thing that I was sort of interested by as I was reading about early crossword puzzles was, like, who is the audience for these? It's a good question. Because, thank you, um, because they're appearing in the newspaper... They're also later on being sold in books. Uh, Librarians apparently hated them because puzzle fanatics were just like busting down library doors trying to get in encyclopedias (laughs) and dictionaries for help with clues they couldn't solve and disrupting the work of quote unquote real academics. Uh, So clearly that's not who the puzzles were for, which sort of would make sense, you know. Um, But then I started thinking about who they're for now. And more specifically, who they're foreign, who they're not for. <laughs> foreign. Who they're foreign. Uh, so let's Is that talk- a word? No. Is that a crossword word? It's not. It should never okay. be. I'm sorry. Um, let's talk about the New York Times. Please. So the New York Times was a little late to the party as far as adding a crossword. They thought they were kind of above it all. They held off until like World War II when they finally caved and acknowledged that it might be a welcome distraction. Uh, (laughs) And the New York Times crossword is the one that I do most regularly. I do it on my phone, Mm -hmm. usually at least a couple times a week. 
And I don't remember when I started to notice this or where exactly I heard it elaborated on first. Uh, But the New York Times crossword is and has sort of a reputation for being very Eurocentric. Mm. And what that translates to is a variety of things that all sort of lead back one way or another to the alienation of people who don't fit into a very narrow sliver of culture. Yeah. So what does that look like on paper? Crossword? Yes. Uh, More or less. Um, (laughs) Most egregiously, it looks like a number of words that have just in the past few years started to be reclassified in the white colonialist cisgender heterosexual lexicon as slurs. (laughs) Uh, So words that are definitely racist have a long history of being racist. Uh, Words that are homophobic, transphobic, being used Mm. in the New York Times crossword as recently as last year. Damn. Yeah. And, you know, like you can certainly make the argument that, well, the world has changed so much and so rapidly in just the last few years, they probably didn't know any better. And that's probably true. Uh, I don't think that this was done with malice, but that's not by any means an excuse. Right. And there's also a long history of slang and AAVE being used in a way that's, first of all, really inaccurate. And second of all, it's really othering, like, at best. Yeah. There's, I mean, like, I don't know, generally what that looks like is using, like, a stereotypically, like, quote-unquote black word in a clue Mm -hmm. to signal that the answer is going to also have a stereotypically, quote-unquote, black word in it. And that's just not what inclusion looks like. You know, that's writing from a white perspective for an audience of white puzzle solvers. Yep. Um, There's been some conversation as well about casual sexism in the New York Times crossword. Earlier this year, there was a piece done by The Atlantic about crossword constructor Sally Holscher's first puzzle in the New York Times. And the response that the online crossword community had to the fact that it passed the crossword Bechtel test, which I don't think is like a real thing, but like (laughs) you sort of understand the context from what the words are in that sentence, Uh, in an actual adequate representation of women in the crossword puzzle and in its clues. Um, But there were still men's names in the puzzle And Holscher actually responded to the person who pointed that out and said that she had submitted the puzzle with no men's names, but that it didn't make it to print that way. And Hmm. what what apparently happened... I'm sorry, do you have something Hmm. to share? Hmm. No, I was just... hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What Um, apparently happened with that? uh, Well, what apparently happens a lot of the time, uh, to the surprise of absolutely no one, is that men's interests are considered to be the standard and women's interests are too obscure and aren't going to be recognizable to a large enough swath of puzzle solvers. And that extends to other marginalized communities as well. Um, A line in that Atlantic piece that I thought really summed this next bit up like perfectly is Mm -hmm. one editor's demerit is another solver's lexicon. So from the solver's perspective, a crossword Mm -hmm. puzzle is just a series of references and connections, some to pop culture, others to geography, art, history, sports. Some of it's just plain wordplay. 
And really, it seems on the surface, like that's kind of a good mix. You know, that would be a wide enough range of things that even if you're religiously anti-sports, for example, or if you don't keep up with new movies, you'll still Mm -hmm. be able to play. The problem is, with kind of very little exception, the clues and their answers are references that are most likely to be familiar to white, heterosexual, college-educated, cisgender men. And so what that really all boils down to is a critique of a clear lack of diversity at the New York Times, which mm-hmm. I don't think that's a shock to anyone, right? Like, I haven't wow. cracked open any sort of case. Like, this is something everybody knows. Um, mm-hmm. Because all of this, everything I've just listed, is a direct product of implicit bias. Mm-hmm. The intention of the good folks at the New York Times is not to alienate puzzle fans from marginalized communities, but that's what's happening. Because there's mm-hmm. clearly no one in the room who's able to impactfully point out that this is an issue and have it be corrected. But by several accounts, that's not for lack of trying. And I'm not here to come for Will Shorts, mostly because other people have done a far better and more eloquent job of detailing these issues and the part he plays in them than I ever could. Mm. And also because, like, Will Shorts doesn't listen to this podcast. Um, But to me, not yet. Um, Not yet. (laughs) We haven't gotten him. We'll tag him Mm -hmm. on all social media. (laughs) Look, Um, we're putting him on blast. uh Uh-huh. Hi, Will. Um, Hi, Will. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. But to me, this is a great example of why consolidation of power with one person rather than a diverse collective reinforces and perpetuates that person's worldview, usually the Mm -hmm. status quo, and causes stagnation and also just like infringes on me having a good time, which is clearly the real issue here. Yes. So... Have you, I don't know if it's just me, but have you noticed there's a lot of pop culture for Gen X specifically? Yeah. Um, not I have so much because like I, I know today's. it. <laughs> true. That's right. true. And I don't. And it's very apparent to me that I don't when I do the crossword. But like um, not so much today's pop, like today's pop culture, maybe right. like five ten years ago pop culture Mm -hmm. but not as much yeah no every now and then there will be something that's sort of immediately relevant and there is like some conversation to be had about like the role that crossword puzzles play in like showing what is and is not relevant to their Mm -hmm. readership or their solvers or like puzzle solver contingency like whatever group of people that is um but yeah, I don't know. Like, it's not, it's definitely not geared towards us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's fine. So having problematic answers or problematic clues in your crossword, like, there's definitely the kind of back-end controls of it goes to an editor and they approve it or not, right? Right. Um, but there's also, like, something to be said about the front-end controls of maintaining your database because that's obviously what they have is they just have a big database of right. things that are like clues and um, answers. And maybe they change clues to, to make more sense or whatever. But like maintaining your database so you don't have slurs. Right. And like stuff like just stuff like that that like makes sense to do. But like why has no one ever done it? Yeah, they use um, the New York Times style guide. 
So just like the sort of overarching New York Times situation. And it's like, it's it's a lot of words that like for most white people, like most white boomers in particular, are just like mm-hmm. the words that they grew up hearing used to describe certain groups of people. And like, right. that's absolutely not correct. And that was never correct right. and shouldn't have happened. Right. And like, it's just, it's absurd that it's taken this long for like a publication as supposedly left-leaning as the New York Times to correct that um but yeah apparently that's just like what they refer back to yeah because that's like I don't know how often this style guide is updated or whatever Mm. but like it must be yeah you know frequently rather frequently because language moves really fast right um so it's still the same kind of situation that it's baffling that like it's not only impacting the the crossword, which is like right. arguably maybe a smaller piece of of what they do, right? But it's impacting like their actual reporting, right? And 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 the, the standards for that, yeah. and the standards that they're following, yeah, exactly, yeah, no, for sure. That's a, it seems like a deeper issue than just oh, we have it in our crossword database, right? The crossword's a little bit the canary in the coal mine here, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I mean, I think a lot of this has been adjusted but i think that's also mostly because of external pressure because people have called them out for using this yes stuff, yes you know, which is great and like absolutely the way that this should go um right but i did go to their faq section to see if they had anything good mm-hmm. but they don't classic um but if you're doing the crossword new york times crossword you can submit feedback mm-hmm. about the crossword to nyt games at nytimes.com hmm. i didn't know that that's why it's under frequently asked questions. Also, you cannot change your username currently. I don't think that's true. It is. It's on that fake <laughs> <laughs> It says, can I change my username for the crossword? Currently, you cannot change your username, which is also baffling. How can you not change your username? Yeah, I don't know what that's about. Do we have anything else to share about the crossword before we I think pack that's it, it up for tonight? Email um, us if you want to join our Meet Cute New York Times Crossword Puzzle Simp Academy Facebook group and yes. challenge friend pack. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. Um, and thank you to She's a Spy for the music that we use at the beginning and end of our show. We love it very much. We love her very much. You can find her on Spotify by searching She's a Spy. You can find us online at meetcutist.com and also on Twitter and Instagram at meetcutist. And if you enjoyed the time you spent with us today uh, learning about crossword puzzles, you can follow and subscribe to us on Spotify and iTunes, respectively, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. And you can also rate and review the show on iTunes or just wherever you want to. Please, skywrite it. Mm-hmm. Hire a plane. They're going to say Skyrim. Please go into Skyrim and just like talk to, NPCs about, <laughs> talk to <laughs> NPCs about our podcast. I'm going to change my villagers' catchphrases. <laughs> oh, please do. In Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you leave us a nice review, we'll read it on here. I don't know how much of a boon that could possibly be to you, but like, we'll do it. I know. We did the one that Julie did. Yeah. That's the show. Yeah, if we'll you want to make. Uh, righteous back next week. Yep. Bye. Bye.